Welcome to Episode 7 of The Parent Guide to Uni, produced in the studios of Phoenix Radio at the University of Southern Queensland, Springfield Campus. This episode is all about helping your young person make choices. You'll find out where to access support and information, and you'll get some handy hints on starting conversations. You know, I actually think one of the best places to do it is in the car (laughs) because there's no direct eye contact required. But listening is really the important thing and I think a lot of kids often feel like they're not heard. I'm Spencer Halston and my co-host is USQ School Engagement Coordinator, Michelle Killen. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Spencer. Also in this episode are Deb Munro, Lead Career Development Practitioner from the USQ Careers Team, And Riley Wilton, one of my second-year radio students. He's also a USQ student ambassador. Deb, first off, is it important that we have conversations with our children about going to uni? I think it's really important to have conversations with your children about going to uni or whatever it is that they're wanting to do into their futures. From what age? Oh, that's a that's an interesting one. I've had people bring me their children who are in primary school to start talking about that wow. sort of thing. But I definitely think from about grade about grade nine, starting to talk about subjects and things like that. But I say that without remotely thinking any pressure should be put on kids. It's got to be done without any element of pressure because kids feel an enormous amount of pressure about having to get this decision right and it can really cause them a lot of stress Um, and often you won't see that they'll keep that quite hidden away that this fear of but I don't actually know what I want to do and everybody's asking me what I want to do and and they can feel really very stressed about that. Before we get some tips on conversation starters from you what about you Riley in terms of parents having those conversations with their kids while they're at high school? Is it something that you as a student want to do on your own or do you welcome the parents' involvement in that? Well, it's always good to have someone else's opinion. Like from grade nine, I think mum and dad started to really ask me, what do you want to do with your life? And it was at that moment where I actually started thinking like, oh, wow, I'm nearly finished school. What do I want to do after school? Do I want to take a gap year? Do I want to, yeah, what do I want to do? And I started thinking about what subjects I like doing at school and then I started to think about what subjects I'm actually doing well at school and stay away from the ones I'm not doing well at (laughs) definitely um but yeah it was definitely grade 11 where they started really asking me what do you want to do and that's when we started talking to universities at the expos and they actually came along with me so they could hear for themselves like what the ambassadors from different unis were talking about so yeah a lot of us probably all of us um, actually have these conversations um, start from a very young age because it's your parents or your grandparents saying, what are you going to do when you grow up? <laughs> that's actually the first time. And it's not necessarily a useful way to start the conversation because you clam up, don't you, if that's asked of you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Every time you see grandma, what are you going to do when you when you leave school? It's like, just let me work that out for myself, grandma. What is a useful way to start those conversations, Deb? Very casually, you know, I actually think one of the best places to do it is in the car (laughs) because there's no direct eye contact required. I think, again, it's one of those things where you don't want to put pressure on them because a lot of those questions are already coming from other places and other people. It's just constant. Um, And so... It can't be done in a in a way that adds to that sort of pressure. So I actually think that just a casual conversation somewhere like in the car or where you're travelling or where it's a really nice, relaxed, relaxed sort of situation to say, you know, have you given any thought to what you want to do after grade 12? But the really important thing to do is listen. <laughs> it's not to be talking at kids. It's, you know, a conversation 
listening is really the important thing. And I think a lot of kids often feel like they're not heard and that they're not being listened to. And I think that they need to feel comfortable in saying, I actually really don't know. I don't have any clue because I've worked with a lot of young people who have felt they're failing or that they're wrong because everybody else knows what they want to do and I don't know what I want to do. And it's um, it, it's really distressing for them. So I think as parents, the, the more supportive that you can be and the more casual you can be in just bringing up the conversation, but it just can be something as simple as, so have you given any thought to this? And that's the beginning point. Deb, I heard Riley say before about uh, subjects that he does well mm. and, and focusing on those in school. Is that important? Because I know sometimes, you know, people worry about, am I doing the right subjects yeah. to get into things that I want to do at uni? Absolutely. Look, there still is this idea very much that you've got to do certain subjects to be able to do certain things. And while absolutely there are prerequisites for degrees, and if you're chasing a particular degree, you'll need to check out what the prerequisites for that are. Largely, the advice is, if you are good at something and if you enjoy something, then that's the thing that you should do because you're likely to achieve most highly in those areas. And if you're trying to push yourself in a subject that you're not naturally good at or that you're not really enjoying, the pressure that will come from that is just going to add to the stress that you're 11 and 12 are anyway. Um, and so I, I think that that's just the best advice in general. Do what, you, do what you're good at, do what you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, there's other options for getting into university, isn't there? You know, if you're not doing all of the subjects that you need to get into a particular degree. Absolutely. There's, there's just so many now. We're really fortunate in Australia that we have the different ways of getting into uni that that are there and it's never a closed door you know we've got a really large percentage of people now who are studying as mature age students and I'm often saying to parents who, who worry and say oh my child doesn't want to go to uni and I'll often say at the moment they don't want to go at the moment that doesn't mean they'll never want to go they might decide to go in a year they might decide to go in five years they might go when they're in their 30s it's it's never a closed door and you're you're absolutely right that if you've missed prerequisite subjects there are bridging programs there are many different ways that you can get the information that you need so that you can apply into the degree you want and there's an episode about that in this podcast series so make sure you go and listen to that if you think that's going to be relevant for the young person or people in in your life and and you, you can actually yeah complete English prerequisites, for example. If you, yeah. if you didn't succeed with English in high school, you can do it here at university. Mm. You know, we want to get get you here. We want to get you here to this university. <laughs> Riley, how did you go about choosing the, the subjects that you would study at school and, and then ultimately, you know, choose what you wanted to do here? Yeah, so I was very fortunate in what I wanted to do at a young age. I always liked the um, entertainment, like growing up, mum and dad owning a video, so I grew up being in that video store and I love the entertainment so that's what I wanted to get into at a young age. You were lucky then. Yeah, I was very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was also something in the back of my head is was um is this something that I actually want to do or is it something that I just enjoy viewing or spectating? Is it something that I'm actually going to be good at? And there was always that thought in the back of my head where okay, well maybe I should try and do something else like become a teacher or get into the education course at uni. So Again, at school, I had to do science. If I wanted to later on after school make that decision to move to education because I needed science for a prerequisite. But I was very fortunate enough that I got into this course I'm doing because I am enjoying it. But again, it's that choice where, that vital choice where if you make the wrong decision at the wrong time, it's going to take a lot longer for you to get back into the right path that you should have chosen. 
but still it is possible to get back on yeah. on path, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I love, Deb, that expression at the moment that you mm. used before. And that's I yeah. think that's such a good thing in life to think about. Yeah. It's what do you want to do or feel like doing at the moment? And it might be that you, your child is finishing year 12 and wants to do aviation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Great. Start aviation. And in six months, they might have realized because they've been on campus, they've seen how cool the radio course is. <laughs> they want to switch to, for example, you know, radio. Um, and that's what they want to do then at that moment. And maybe that's not the thing for them, but it leads them to television. And that's what they end up doing. That's right. And I think... One of the things that when I talk to parents, I try to really remind them of is that we are way beyond the one job for the rest of your life right now. And, you know, the current statistics are suggesting that young people leaving school at the moment will have up to five distinct careers and around 17 different jobs across their lifetime. So again, when I see young people and they're feeling that pressure of having to get it right, I say to them, we're not locking you down for the whole of the rest of your life. We're not signing your life away. We're just making the best decision we can just for right now. You're listening to The Parent's Guide to Uni, a podcast series from the University of Southern Queensland. If your child thinks they might not get the school results they need for uni, there are other ways to get in. Head to episode two to find out more. Yeah, so I did the TPP IP program after I finished year 12 as I was unsure that I was going to get the OP needed to actually get into university. Um, So this course actually allowed me to get guaranteed entry. That's in episode two of the Parents Guide to Uni. Now back to episode seven, helping your young person make choices. It might be that you as a parent are listening to this series and, and this is all about as parents how to help your your kids get into uni but you're possibly at a point in your career where you're thinking you know what maybe you know maybe you're in your 40s and thinking I've got another 20 years working do I stay in what I'm doing or do I go to uni as well and do something else for the for the next 20 years till I retire yep yep look I see a lot of mature age people and universities now the the again the proportion of people who are studying as mature age students just continues to grow Um, we're not going to stay in one job for the whole of the rest of our lives, the majority of us. There might be a few people who do, but for the majority of us, those days are are long gone. And yet it's been really hard, I think, for us as parents to really accept that shift. Um, Parents can sometimes get very caught up in wanting their child to have the right degree, get into the right program. It's got to be the right decision because there still very much is that mindset that this will be the job when that's not actually the case. They're likely to change multiple times. Riley, did your parents totally support all the time your, and you may not want to answer the question, but did they support you and just wanting to do, or were they suggesting, you know, what about medicine? What about, you know, what about engineering? What about this? Or did they, if, I guess you say you knew from an early age what you wanted to do. They were very supportive um, in the last couple of years of my schooling. Um, but yeah, dad was one of those people who really tried to get me a professional cricket player. Oh, right. He always said, you should become a cricket player. And I'm like, well... I mean, I'm not making this team, so it might be hard to make the Australian team in a couple of years' time. Um, but yeah, it was after grade 11 and 12 where I said, look, I really, really want to do this. Uh, I've been to the open days. I've read um, the USQ careers guide and they're like, yeah, do it because you're really passionate about it. You do really well at drama at school, so it, it's probably the course for you. And they were very supportive. I think that's the key word there is the supportive thing is just so important because, you know, I think all parents mean very well. We want the best for our kids. We we want to give the best advice that we can. But I don't see too many stories where child has no interest in a degree. Parents are very insistent. No, you need to follow this path. 
Those stories don't end well. No. <laughs> they, they really don't. They end with a, an unnecessary hex debt, an us, unnecessary amount of mental anguish and often quite a lot of destructive um, stuff has gone on in family relationships. It, it, it does not end well. So I think that even though as parents we're wanting the best and our intentions are really good, that's where that we, we have to listen and we have to be supportive. And I think sometimes if we even feel inside that this is maybe not the right program for them, not the right course of study. It's still got to be that young person's decision and we need to be as supportive as we can and be there if it does go pear-shaped. <laughs> well, that's once um, once the, your student, your, your child has started at university, something that I've found quite tricky to get my head around as one of the academic staff here at uni is there's no, I don't have any contact with the parents of any of the students. Yeah. That is something that does change. That's something that parents need to get their head around. Yeah. Riley, how did you find that? Because once you start here, start here at uni, you are pretty much on your own, aren't you, in terms of the yeah. contact you have with the university. You still have the conversations with your parents at home. Oh, they still... But, but yeah. they're not getting emails from lecturers saying, just so you know, Riley didn't hand his assignment <laughs> in. It's a complete <laughs> shift, isn't it? Yeah. At, at uni, you're really pushed in the deep end because th this is it. You're all by yourself and you're working on assignments by yourself. I mean, you can still ask your parents, but they have no idea because they haven't studied or won't study the course that you're doing at the moment. So, yeah. And do your parents log in to, I mean, or, or, or somehow check what you have due? You know, like, do you have that sort of system going on or they trust they you? They trust me. Have, have you got printed your timetable that's sort of stuck on the fridge door so that your parents know what you're, where you're meant to be? Yeah. Like, that well, sort of level of involvement stuff? Well, they're listening to me on radio. Whenever I'm radio, they're, they're listening to me. And so once day, a week they know you're okay and that you're at uni. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> But it's also the fact that this is something I'm enjoying doing. Whereas at school, it's kind of like you're doing subjects that you're forced to do. So you don't enjoy it and you're not motivated to work on it. But when you get into a course that you actually really enjoy, it's kind of that motivation where, okay, I really want to do this assignment because I want to get into the work after I graduate. It's so I think you're, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're doing well here. But I would say to parents, if they, if they think their kids are struggling, You've got to, it's not the same as school. You're not going to get a letter from the lecturer. No. You need to continue those conversations with your student child. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know what other advice, Deb, if, 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 someone, if someone's child is not actually doing so well at, at uni, how can you support them? Again, it's, um, it's listening and, and showing that level of interest and, and um, asking them what's, what's happening. Is it the content that you're struggling with? Is it Because there can be a range of different things that students struggle with, but there are also a wide range of supports at university. You know, we, we have um, really great support from um, the library staff, the student success and wellbeing team. You know, there's, there's a whole range of support services set up to help students get through uni, and sometimes it's just finding who's the right person to put them in touch with to help. But I do think that... You know, if it's a matter of a, a child realising that this degree is maybe not for me or I'm not sure that this is for me, well, one of the first things is I hope that they would maybe make an appointment with, with myself or one of my colleagues because that's what we do. We help students work through those kinds of issues. But the thing is a lot of students begin something and realise actually this isn't the right thing for me and that's okay. It's, it's okay to change. And again, we're so fortunate in this country that we can change into something else. And I do think that the earlier that that's recognised, the better. I think sometimes students feel like, you know, I started this, this is what I wanted to do. Sometimes 
you know, I wanted to do this and mum and dad didn't want me to and oops. <laughs> and they feel like they have to persevere and continue on with it. But I think if you notice that they're not doing well, have those conversations because um, I guess if they realise that they are in the wrong thing and they want to transition the earlier that they can be done, the better really because it's saving them time, it's saving them um, hex debt and again that mental stress of I am not loving this this is not the right thing for me make sure you listen to the episodes on the cost of uni which covers hex and the all-important census date what that means and also how you can there are other ways of, of actually uh, stopping a course and not having to pay the hex debt it's all explained in that episode and have a listen to the episode on associate degrees as well because mm. If someone is struggling, that's another option forward. So those episodes are also part of this podcast series. Riley, have you got any suggestions for parents around, like, my young person might not have any idea of what they want to do? Spend one or two nights reading through a uni uh, guidebook and really have a look at each specific course and read through what they can get into through that course and just read through the whole book. Where's the best place to have those conversations? Because I think Deb said mm. in the car's good. And I <laughs> completely agree as a parent that because you've got your child uh, trapped, but also it's, there's no face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact. It's like sitting at a football game is another great place to have it, or a cricket match, even better. It's a long, long time. Yeah. Side by side. It just takes the pressure off. Yeah. You and Dad Absolutely. at the cricket, you and Mum at the cricket. Mm. Where, where else have you had those great conversations? Just at the dinner table, mm. eating mm. dinner. Because you're kind of focusing on your food as well as the conversation. <laughs> so you can, you can kind of like, all right, don't want to listen to you. Have another bite. Oh, what were they talking about? Yeah. Can I just add, Riley um, was just saying before about getting a university guide and going through it. Sometimes they can be overwhelming because there's a lot of information in there. So one one trick you can do is, you know, rip out the stuff you know there's zero interest in. So if it was somebody like myself who is not awesome at mathematics, I would go through and rip out the stuff that requires mathematics or is strong in mathematics. You know, there's other things. You know, I'm not, not great with blood, so I'm going to take out nursing. And, you know, like <laughs> get rid of what you know you don't want to do so that what you've actually got left there is um, not quite so overwhelming and you're starting to work with what is possible. That's just one thing you can do. Also, Dead, use... dead Poet Society style. <laughs> <laughs> Rip it out. Rip those pages out. There's something very satisfying about doing that. It's, uh, I mean, if you're neat and tidy, you could just fold the page in. But, you know, there's something about ripping the pages out that works for me. USQ also has a Career Explorer tool, which is an online free tool that you're actually able to use as well. And that can also just help you look at what your strengths are and what some of your preferences might be and and give you some suggestions in that regard as well. But I think you know, remember there are people here to help make these choices. So we've got a team of people here at USQ who can help if you just have no idea at all and you're not sure. Um, And so don't be afraid to draw on those resources because that can be a a very helpful thing to do. And, um, you know, parents don't be afraid of gap years either. (laughs) Sometimes that can be the right thing for students to just take a little bit of time out and really get it clear in their heads which way they want to go and Um, You know, I can speak from personal experience having two children, one child who went straight on to university and that was right for her, the other one who's done a gap year and that was the right decision for her. So again, it's listening to your child and figuring out for this child, what's the right thing for this child and how can I best support them in what they want to do. You've been listening to The Parent's Guide to Uni. As mother of two, Kirsty Silk said in episode one, this is one of those critical times in your child's life where they really can use your help and guidance. It is a really crucial point in their young life that they're going to need you and they're going to need to bounce ideas off you and 
Um, they're obviously quite an independent group of young people nowadays, but they still need um, parents for that discussion and that bouncing ideas, yeah. If you know other parents who could benefit from this podcast, be sure to tell them about it. And for more information about the University of Southern Queensland, visit usq.edu.au. Today's world is more competitive, challenges are more complex, industries more rapidly changing, employers more demanding. You need to think bigger, act faster, work smarter. And to do it, you need to be more than skilled, more than relevant, more than qualified, more than confident, more than employable. Become more with the University of Southern Queensland, the number one uni for graduate employment in Queensland. Apply now at usq.edu.au.